Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Point Conversion Monday Night Pregame Show on the Going for Two Live Network. Here we are on YouTube, Twitch, face, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, although, if you're on Twitter, we can't see your comments. If you do want to interact with us, we do encourage you to head over to the Going for Two Live YouTube page. So, search up Going for Two Live on YouTube. Should find us there. All sorts of great shows happening every night, including this Monday night show with the, the full uh, the full band back together. Uh, all the Beatles uh, again. I guess uh, Dan's Ringo because he got the no, drum kit, obviously. Say, we won't, you got to add Ringo to that Ringo. name of uh, uh, Jetlag John, Thomas the Tank Engine, B-League R- says Dan. How you doing? Ringo, Ringo Rosia. How you going? I like that. Good, uh, my friends. Uh, does, that make me, does that make me Yoko? Good Lord. No, I mean, you could be John Lennon if you wanted. <laughs> More oh, credit, but sure, I mean, Yoko's a singer which, too. Which one's alive? Uh, uh, I guess Ringo is. So yeah, you're, you're looking I'll t- good. I'll take it. <laughs> I've got the I've got the drum kit, you know, somewhere. There you go. Um, on, well, I, I, I want to be George Harrison, so I claim that. I, I just lead guitarist, of course, and some of my favorite Beatles songs are George. But we're here to talk football, aren't we? Uh, and yeah, not Steelers like last week, but still big Steelers fan Gladys here. I guess you're Paul McCartney. I don't know if that makes you feel better. You'd rather be John Lennon, but uh, how you doing? Paul McCartney sucks. Okay, so you can be John <laughs> Lennon then. Glad you're not. You're Paul McCartney. Today, I guess right? that's an insult. Oh my god, that was an insult. He's a oh, dick. Okay. I don't want to be. We are an audience. We are in for a treat. So buckle your seatbelts, folks. If you tuned into the show and this is your first time tuning in, get ready to watch the best show that we've ever had. That's gonna Gators be the first time. Excited. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Really? Fuck you, Paul. Really? <laughs> Damn, Gladys. <laughs> this is right out of the gate. Softball. So, so it's funny, guys. I think back to Pulp Fiction, right? So, um, so the Beatles uh, are a sermon. So the Beatles are a sore point for Gladys. Well, <laughs> well, well, I like the Beatles. I just don't like Paul McCartney. Yeah. yeah so she, could, she. If you I mean, if you want to be George Harrison, I don't mind being Paul McCartney. I like, mm. I like the bass player too. Lead, uh, lead guitarist, bass player. That's mostly my favorite members of every band. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, well, uh, anyway, so yeah, Gator Jay's uh, in the chats again. If anyone uh, wants to join in, feel free. Uh, uh, you know, we'll talk eventually about Monday Night Football, but of course, we've got the doc, the fantasy sports doc, Dr. X. But now I know how to say it properly, Dr. James Freddy. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to be back with the gang. Um, even if uh, Gladys is uh, as salty as I've ever seen her. Um, I'm, I'm here for it, honestly. And um, yeah, it's, it's good to see everybody. Good to be back. Uh, do you want, do, should we get right into injury talk or does Dan want to rant first? Uh, uh, I don't know how you feel about the Giants. It's only time. an hour long that... show. Do we have enough time for, for a Dan rant right off the bat? No, nah, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> well, I, I listen, mean, I, 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 listen all, all the full discretion. I barely watched much football this week. It was my son's fourth birthday. Oh, so right. I just, yeah, just covered in Spider Man and confetti. So nice. Yes, covered that was my in Spider Man. Is that different? How's that different from any other weekend? Well, I didn't have a choice this week. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's a logical argument. Um, but yeah, what I think is, you know, a lot of extreme things happening specifically with the Rams. And, uh, you know, we like to touch on like the Thursday night injuries for teams. Uh, but I mean, the Rams, you could go through the entire list of players. Um, you know, we would probably list the players that are healthy and it'll be quicker. But we do want to start talking about uh, Matthew Stafford, the quarterback, and some of the extreme narratives that could be tossed around. I mean, that, um, you know, something you know, I remember back issues were a thing back back when he was with the Lions. Um 
is this coming back to fruition? I know a couple of weeks ago, Doc, you did mention the different types of spinal injuries and how, you know, you know, you, you hear spinal, but not all of them are as severe as others are. So what do we know about Stafford's current injury? And it looks like he's on the injured reserve out for the season. So. Yeah. So, so this injury kind of went from bad to worse because initially it was a concussion and then he had another concussion and then it may not be a concussion. It's a neck injury, which is pretty wide encompassing. But the way they were kind of playing it out was, is that he had a neck strain or he had, you know, a stinger or something like that. And then all of a sudden they're talking about now he has a spinal cord contusion and he's on IR. So let's just talk about what that is and what that means. So, uh, a contusion to the spinal cord is a bruise to the actual nerve that, you know, runs down the back that all the other nerves come off of. That's really important for things like movement and breathing and, you know, basic bodily function. So you see spinal cord contusions in people that have, they get into car accidents or have severe spinal injuries and they can result in paralysis or death in some cases. So he got pretty lucky you know, in this case that it was in a place and it wasn't severe enough that he didn't have some major, major issues from this, but, um, it ended up with him going on IR, which is not surprising. So they haven't completely ruled him out for the year, but I think that's ridiculous. Like I would be shocked, absolutely shocked if we saw him play again in 2022, but here's the thing that maybe you guys have been hearing about this and was the first thing that I thought about when players get spinal cord contusions, at least in the past, they've retired because of the risk of further damage to the spinal cord and the risk of paralysis and death and and other you know really horrific things. And I think there's a non-zero chance that, despite what they're saying right now, that he could just decide, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm done because a lot of other players have. Like it's it's kind of the precedent. So I don't know if that's what you guys are hearing, but that's one of the things that I thought about, and that's kind of you know surprising and and kind of shocking in a way because he signed this big four-year contract a couple of years ago they win the super bowl this year was you know not good to put it extremely mildly and the expectation is is that he's going to be around for at least a few more years and now it, the reality is that just might not be the case i got a question okay and this, this sounds really i don't know i don't know how to put this but it doesn't sound great because it just doesn't, but you know, NFL teams tell us what they want us to know. Yep. If they had a positive record and we're in the hunt, is it possible for him to still be out there? I'm sorry. If you, they had a positive record of what? Uh, when, if, if, they po- viable, if, if they were viable, if they were playoff playoffs. contenders, could is it possible that he's still out there playing through all this, and they just they're just letting this go? Like, is that a possibility? And are they telling us what they may or may not want to know? Because it sounds like the last couple of weeks prior to like, it feels like this week is the most information we have got. For whatever reason, hows and whys, it doesn't matter. It feels like they were kind of hopeful he'd be playing anyway. And I know that yeah. says a lot, but if they were in the playoff hunt, do you think he would be pushing to be playing or they would be letting him play? Because that to me sounds like, we, we hear you come on every week say, it's a car crash. And you've said today, like being in a car crash. People get this from being in a car crash. Literally yeah. being in a car crash. Yeah. Here he is, 10 years in, being in a car crash. But if they had a positive record, could he still be out there? 
could he still be playing right now? Yeah, yeah. here it is. Yeah, How absolutely. Absolutely, he could still be out there playing. And the thing is, is that I think we see this probably not infrequently with a lot of players that end up having what sound like really bad injuries, but their symptoms aren't bad. So the thing with the spinal cord is depending on the level of where the the bruise is, that's kind of what determines what your symptoms are. And the higher up, generally speaking, the injury is the worse it is um, just because that's where different functionality is. And if you have injuries that are higher up, that's where kind of the, the breathing center is. And then the, the main movement center. And if you lose everything from here down, then you kind of lose movement from, from your shoulders down and that's not good. So wherever the, the contusion is or the bruise is, it sounds like it's not severe. Otherwise he'd have a lot more symptoms, but it sounds like it was something that he could conceivably play through. Maybe he has some numbness or tingling or weakness or things like that. But yeah, would they run him out there and would he, push to go out there as well i think there's a chance that he could and then he would so but he may actually be fortunate that that they looked as hard as they did and that the rams record isn't that good where it's like it's kind of more palatable to everybody to say oh yeah okay shut him down because you know what are you playing for but yeah if they're fighting for a playoff spot i think the narrative switches and it's like you have to sacrifice everything for the team and and for the fan base and for everybody else and put your life and your limb on the line. And yeah, I think that happens a I'm lot. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of sobering when you when for, you think about it. For what it's worth, I'm just checking spot track now. Just for what it's worth. Cap hit 2023 is 20 mil, dead cap 49 and a half mil. 2024 cap hit 49 and a half mil, dead cap 36. 2025, 50 and a half mil, dead cap 24. On spot track, they're saying the potential out is 2026 at that point where it would be 152 mil, 12 million dead cap. 152 well, I mean, million dollar cap hit. They can always work something Seriously? out. If he retires, they can, yeah. they can settle it, it some other way. They can I do feel some like, magic. I feel like he's the next Bobby Vanilla. That's just what I think. For those yeah, who maybe Bobby, Pietro to go yeah. closer to the, the New Yorkers. I, 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 again, like, that cap hit is just. Was Bobby Vanilla first overall pick like Rick DiPietro was? Yeah, it does matter. I, I just um, don't, Bobby. Listen, as a Mets person, I just, one, bye bye, Jacob DeGrom. Two, welcome, Mr. Cy Young. And three, I, I, the most important, <laughs> Mr. Most important thing is I know what Bobby Vanilla Day is. That's your right of passages wow. in New Yorker. To Met, to Met fans, look at it this way. I, I think this could be viewed as a net positive. I know we're, we're talking football, but baseball, it's like, so you lose one Cy Young winner and you gain another Cy Young winner. So that's a wash. But you also, you also gain Kate Upton. So <laughs> it's not – it could be worse. Well. Clearly, it's in the name, right? That must I mean, be. I, think, I think in some ways you can look at this as a win. So <laughs> if, if wherever that's worth. Uptown Kate, here we go. Well, it's funny. So, uh, Corey Simmons joining us for the first time here. Uh, awesome. So, sorry that it, maybe this, I guess it's, this is kind of typical, actually. We, we kind of rant and go all, all over the place. Uh, although, uh, I guess um, Gator thinks we're in for a treat. Gator does have a couple questions here, though. Um, so, talking with the, the Stafford injuries, do Cup and Donald injuries uh, influence that decision? I have one thing to add to this, too. The okay. Just to clarify, Doc, do we know a few weeks ago when Stafford was put in concussion protocol without a concussion, is it because of this contusion or, or is this, 
like we really don't know i, yeah, I think we, we're, are we, we piecing we that together know. that's what it was because they never they, they kind of said he didn't have a concussion but was in the protocol for yeah the i don't think even i don't even think they knew i think he was having symptoms and it was you know he was having neurological symptoms probably some numbness tingling you know maybe there's some dizziness pain you know it's you know you're in a you're in a car crash it's like how do you feel you know kind of crappy um so then they evaluated it some more they probably got some imaging they got an mri and then it's like, oh look there's a there's a bruise on the spinal cord that explains stuff um so maybe he didn't have a concussion after all maybe these symptoms are because he's got a bruise in his spinal cord and that's what it is or maybe he had a little from column a and a little from column b and the cushion, concussion kind of resolved itself and now he still has the neurological symptoms from the from the spinal cord um you know, injury. So I don't think there's anything necessarily nefarious where they're being deliberately, um, you know, that, that they're being yeah. deliberately deceptive. I, I, you know, it's like, not all, not all of this is known prospectively. I think you can kind of put the pieces together retrospectively. So I don't think they necessarily knew about it, but now that they do know you have the burden of that knowledge and you, you know, you're putting a player at risk. If you, if you put him out there in harm's way and, aside from the fact that you care about him as a human being um, from the play, from the team standpoint, as Dan just laid out, they have a significant financial investment in him as well. And he's a team leader and he's very important to the success of the team. So there's a lot of really good reasons, both as a professional organization and as a humanitarian organization to keep him out of harm's way and let him heal. And that's what they're doing. And I guess they're saying like part of like part of Dan saying with the bad record and now the cups out and then like Aaron Donald held out this week. I think what yeah, Gators asking like because those players are injured, it's easier to sit Stafford. Okay, the I, I think it's, it's, not it's just the record. I honest, I'd be honest with you. I, I you know, I'm not disagreeing to, to, to be, yeah. you know, to be an asshole about it, but I really don't think that the other players injuries have anything to do with it. I think it's the yeah. fact that the team record sucks and they're not going to make the playoffs. That has a lot more to do with it. I think if the other guys were injured, uh, sorry, if they weren't injured and the team was doing better and they were eating, you know, eating five or, or whatever, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Then it's a, it, you know, becomes a different story. Like we talked about the other guys being hurt. It's like guys get hurt. It's like, it is what it is, you know, but the whole team is doing poorly and they're not going anywhere this year. So there's no reason to kind of force the issue. The, the, the Rams, the Rams, Rams here. Anyway, sorry for, for the teams. The, the Rams are so bad that they brought Cam Akers back to bring him into relevancy. That's how Dude, bad the Rams. Is, yeah, the Rams are so bad they thought they'd give Cam Akers another shot. That That's, is the, that is the ultimate Russian roulette backfield. If I've ever seen one, I mean, yeah, if, no, you, if you're if you've been relying on Rams running backs this year, like you have to be, you have to have pulled all your hair out by now. Quick, rush out to get Kyron Williams. Go get him. Yeah, exactly. Nah. Oh, question. What teams do we all support? So um, I'm a Packers fan. Gladys uh, supports the Steelers. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I just hope everyone's having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Dan, you, you don't, you don't root for the best and also worst ever seven, four and one team in NFL history. The Giants. You've never, you've never seen one like him. No, that's true. And then Doc's a Raiders fan. The Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, good win there. That's twice in big games. They've beaten the Chargers. Uh, in this calendar, actually, because that happened in January. Any thoughts on the likelihood of Ken Walker playing? What's your opinion on the severity of his injury? So, Doc, well, was Corey, there anything else you want to say about Stafford? Or, or... no, I think I think we we definitely uh, hit it. Uh, but right. Corey, I'm glad you asked. So, this is going to be illustrative for lots of good reasons. So, the first lesson is 
we got a a little taste of some uh, good old Petey Carroll medical ease. Um, we got a heavy dose of that because there's a lot of Seattle injuries, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite favorite things is doing being uh, an injury analyst is getting to read the tea leaves of what Pete Carroll's talking about. So Ken Walker's injury as reported by Pete Carroll was he jammed his ankle. Um, so what it turns out actually happened was he has an injury to the inside ligaments of his ankle. Um, and that's a little bit atypical because most of the time when you have a sprained ankle, it's the ligaments on the outside. They're not as strong and just the ankle tends to bend in easier than it bends out. And when it bends in too far, then you injure the ligaments on the outside. What Ken Walker actually did was he bent it too far outward and he injured the ligaments on the inside of the ankle. Um, so again, that's more rare. The good news with that is, is that because those ligaments are stronger, there's less concern for instability or re-injury. Um, and as long as he doesn't have an associated injury, like a bone bruise or, you know, some other structures are injured. I think he has a real chance to play this week. Although, again, I do caution you, and this is something, if you take nothing else away from this show, other than Gladys is amazing when she's super salty, um, I caution you that when it comes to Pete Carroll, trust nothing he says and always err on the side of caution. So I'm cautiously optimistic that Ken Walker is going to be able to play this week despite you know jamming his ankle. But I really still you know, feel this sense of like caution to have a backup in play because you never know with this, with Seattle, especially. So, so the month, sorry, sorry. The Monday night hit list so far, Paul McCartney, Pete Carroll. That's what's, that's <laughs> Hey, we love, we love Pete Carroll on this show. He gives us, he gives us lots of fun material to talk yeah. about. And we're not done talking about Pete Carroll maybe, either. Maybe you may, maybe you'd be amazed to see him do something silly. Who knows? Exactly. We come up with some logic. So, speaking of backups, I guess DJ Dallas would be yeah. the Seattle Seahawks backup to, to have. Travis Homer is also there. So, I don't know. Maybe if without Walker, it's just more of a 50-50 split committee. But if, it seems like if you're going to pick up one or the other, it's Dallas. Well, I, I thought Dallas was hurt. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, let's get to that. So, per Pete Carroll, DJ Dallas is dealing with, and this is a direct quote, he's dealing with, quote, somewhat of a high ankle issue, close quote, <laughs> which is just the, that's the best description of an injury I've heard all year. Maybe. Tony so Jones that, time. <laughs> that mind. is fantastic. So that's I'm like saying that somebody gets shot in the chest and calling it somewhat of a gunshot issue. I mean, <laughs> it's a flesh, just a flesh wound. It's perfect. So the reality is, you guys tell me what you think. Something that's somewhat of a high ankle issue sounds like code for it's a high ankle sprain, which is definitely not great. I think um, I want to sit. I think I want to sit at a poker table with Pete Carroll. <laughs> guys, guys, a wild card. Um, so, play a wild. Wait, that's how you got a card in the deck. Wait, no. Yeah, exactly. So Pete, with Pete, DJ we're, Dallas, Pete, we're playing poker, not blackjack. Put it on. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm thinking so, like crazy eight. It's wild card. You can change suit. <laughs> with DJ Dallas, we know the deal here. With it's a high ankle sprain, four to five weeks. He's probably out until the playoffs. So then we roll into Travis Homer. Except Travis Homer missed week thirteen with an illness, and now. According to Pete Carroll, he has a knee injury as well. So big shoulder shrug here. All I could say as far as Travis Homer's concerned is watch the practice reports and see if he, you know, is able to practice and looks like he's going to be able to play because all these guys are really up in the air. And the bottom line is 
Tony Jones could actually end up getting the start here if it all goes sideways and that he might, he's the only really healthy one. So if I had to rank them in order, I would say Ken Walker, Tony Jones, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. Do they claim Melvin Gordon off of the Chiefs practice (laughs) squad? I mean, I guess it's not an AFC West team because everyone wants him to go to your Raiders so he plays for every team in the division. But Yeah, nice. Um, Yeah, okay, so Ken Walker. Um, Yeah, so we don't – again, we don't really know who to pick up for Seattle. So so if you have Ken Walker, rather than, say, Tony Jones, might even be better just to look at other teams' backups. Who are the other running backs that should be getting touches on other teams as opposed to – trying to dissect who's going to be the backup on Seattle. That might be more fruitful. Yeah, I Putting, mean, it, it might be. It, it, it really depends on your league context and, you know, what you have available. But, again, like what I what I said, you know, is of all those guys, I ranked Tony Jones second. So it's like if yeah. I was going to take a dart throw on somebody, he might be my guy because these other guys sound like they could be really hurt and not play. And if Ken Walker, you know, is either limited or has a setback, like Tony Jones is actually decent. Uh, when he filled in, yeah. you know, with the Saints. Exactly. So it's like he can play. And Seattle's been kind of good this year. So he's exactly the kind of like running back who comes in for a week, like uh, Justin Jackson last year, fresh legs, and dropped a 30 burger on somebody to get you over the hump to get you in the playoffs. So stranger things have happened. So that's all I'm saying. Well, Gator's going to ask about tonight's game in terms of injuries. Really, it was just Leonard Fournette, I think, in terms nice. of he's questionable, but nice. it looks like yeah. he's active. Fournette Mar- and Gage were the ones Mar- that I Mar- right, so Mar- Gage is Lattimore active. is yeah. out. He's out? Oh. Who's Mar- out? Sean Lattimore is out. Pete Warner is out. Hmm. So that's well, Pete Warner couple. as a linebacker, that might help Fournette. So yeah. Fournette's playable. Oh, and Gage is active as well. Do you, does anyone trust Russell Gage, though? No. 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 The only time you're playing Russell Gage is if you've already won and you decide to throw him in your flex for shits and gigs. <laughs> Hope he no, doesn't fumble. That's it. There's no need to... Yeah, maybe as like a really cheap showdown option. Like that's the only thing I could think is like you needed to fill out a lineup. You want to take a shot on somebody. Yeah. Well, well I'm, and I'm the biggest he's, he's I've got a scenario, and this is something I kind of prepared for. Um, with the, thinking that Fournette might miss having Rashad White in flex spots, a bunch of spots, and now that we know Fournette's active. I know in a couple of those leagues, I had Julio Jones on the bench. So I've just gone and done that and just put Julio Jones in those flex spots over Rashad White. Maybe someone's in a similar situation with Russell Gage. And rather than play the backup running back, they'd rather get the fourth wide receiver. Does that make sense? Like, I think we'd still think, rather play White over well, Gage. But how, what, it's, like, it's hard. Do, you think guys, do you guys think I'm making a mistake putting Julio yeah. Jones over Rashad White? Carl, I think it's hard to put the... Was it the same? It's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube with Rashad White at this point. He's... Yeah. He's their guy. It's I get Fournette's there, but I, I think they've had such a cluster muck of bad running backs after Fournette, whether it was Gio Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn, Ronald Jones. They have a guy that they go, okay, he's actual, he's actually helping. So I, I don't think they could go back in terms of running back work to Fournette right now. They'll still use him, but I don't think they can go completely back to this guy being the dominant guy that he was a year ago. I think so. You're thinking 50 50 split between the two? Why not? I mean, I think it's going to be Fournette like is the pass 40. catcher. But, but, even, like, but even, but even, but even, but in a hypothetical with Fournette gets more work, I think Rashad White's shown enough efficiency now to be able to do more with less. 
So he's he's fine if he's getting more work or less work. He's going to be doing something in terms of Julio. Yeah, okay, no, but we I think we've seen enough of Julio versus at, at New Orleans to know that he absolutely destroys them. So we know that he's good on on the Saints. We know that he is that guy. But I don't, I don't know. You're throwing another pass catcher in in front of him, around him, and you know it's not like he's lighting it up with 15 targets a game like he might have in Atlanta. This is a different Julio Jones with how he gets used. So there you go. White was nine for nine. Like, okay, that might not happen tonight, but we know he's going to get worked. He's going to get worked in a lot more than what Julio will. He's going to get more opportunity, and that's what so we're maybe, at. Like, if you're if you're chasing a game, you want opportunity. And- and play white in one, Julio in the other. Yeah, it's your league, man. Do what you want. <laughs> hmm. right. Gladys, you're gonna you're gonna say something. What were you gonna say about Rashad White? Um, I, I actually really don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're, we're sorry we ranted too much. That's make, okay. Make sure you tag Gladys in Discord. She'll answer yeah, all your questions. Please do. Please well, do. yeah, that's a good point, Dan. Go to the uh, Discord.com/slash going for two for the going for two. Uh, Discord server, which uh, has tons of great channels. I think we're at uh, over 750 subscribers, so tons of great chats happening, tons of great communication, all sorts of different uh, channels designated for very specific things, so uh, it's all really well set up, and there's tons of activity there, so check out the Discord going for two. Uh, Well, I guess, yeah, so more questions. Rashad White or Chris Godwin? Godwin. Godwin. Okay, so so we're saying, you know, White is a 50-50 running back. We like him certainly more than Russell Gage more than any of the tight ends. Julio, like the, the wide receiver three on the team, is maybe where it's in line with. But then when we get to the starting two wide receivers, Godwin or Mike Evans, we're definitely going with those two over yeah. Rashad White. Godwin's been on a bit of a roll the last few weeks. Yeah, as well, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It seems like he's good. Doc, like fully recovered from the ACL tear. Like now we're yeah. now we're like twelve months removed. So early in the season, yeah, we'll maybe it was expected that he wouldn't do so well and and doing better of late. So hey, Doc, do we know yeah. why Jameis? Why Jamison, why Jameis Winston isn't playing? Is does he have like a bad back or something, or do they just want to go with Andy Dalton? Because I don't know, he's Andy Dalton and he's a good game manager, even though he can't get the ball to fucking Chris Olave. But you know, <laughs> yeah, um, he had a back injury a few, you know, like months ago. He he broke some transverse process fractures in his spine, so they're like kind of bones off to the sides of the spine and. He broke them and he missed the week and he kind of got Wally pipped to use another baseball analogy. And it's Andy Dalton's job now. Like he's healthy as far as I know. And oh, okay. Andy Dalton is the starter for whatever, whatever reason. Um, okay. They like him better. Godwin. Godwin. I wonder if Dalton just looks better in practice. Like he's, he seems more like mature leader. Like the guys in the locker room maybe respond to that Come better. On. So no. even, <laughs> Even though Winston is, he's got the talent. I still wonder if there's a lack of maturity there in the in the like maybe Dennis Allen the way he runs it doesn't like that. If this was Sean Payton, he could see the upside. Like I, I can I can make this guy amazing kind of thing. Like I I wonder if Sean Payton was there, he would maybe keep having Winston as the starter. But maybe Dennis Allen was just kind of looking for any excuse to have you know bench Winston. I don't know. I'm I'm just pulling at straws. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I couldn't think that I, I think any of those things you could speculate on lots of things. Um, so, so defest solo is mentioning like that Rashad white, Chris Godwin decision down 15 points. Does so that just, change anything? So for what it's worth and I'm just, I just checked the last month and obviously Godwin's played or so 
from week eight to week 12, Godwin is the wide receiver in the wide receiver 11 on a points per game basis at 18.1. Now that's, yeah, that'll work. Very, that's very generic because I'm just checking fantasy pros at this point. Obviously everyone else's league settings are different, but he's also played one less game than a few goals and Mikhail Hardman popped up in there for one game too. So take that for what you want, but it feels like over the last month, Godwin's been, he, he's back. I think it's fair to say so, and like, and you can see that because Mike Evans, he's been a little lackluster. There's been no tight end of consequence like Gronk taking that work. The running backs haven't done much. Like White's looked good the last two weeks, but really, it feels it's been Chris Godwin leading the way, going from there. And that's 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 just my opinion. I'd feel safer tonight with Godwin than, and that's that, that takes nothing away from the Saints. Their secondary generally across the board is pretty good. But no, if Fournette was inactive, I think this would be yeah. closer. I, I'd feel but I think I, 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 I think Godwin is the better players. chance at the better floor, but also the better ceiling to like smash oh, way above. Does, any, does anyone disagree? Like, does anyone think <laughs> would, it, would any of you play Rashad White over Chris Godwin? No. no. What happened? Are you okay? Are you okay, Dan? <laughs> Dan's Dan's having technical difficulties. <laughs> we can hear you, by the way. So you're good. Yeah. You're and yeah, De- Dennis <laughs> Allen. Is having maybe issues. Uh, Gator points out that they don't have their first round pick. Listen, but I also add Jameis Winston's never been to the playoffs, so I don't know that like it would be that much better. I, let me tell them as well. For what it's worth, and I've, I've got this written down a little bit lower. The Saints are only one game off, game off Tampa. <laughs> They've only won the only one. They're only one win off being at the top of the the South. With win tonight changes because the, the the Bucks have a, a bye next week, right? So. I think maybe maybe the no, Saints. No, they've what? already had their. No, they had their buy. Oh, so the Saints have the buy next week. One of the two. Yeah. So like, they could literally go on the next week on top of the South. Like, they're not. They're <laughs> not as far away. Like, it's okay to say he trade away there first, and they're a bottom five pick, which Philly gets, give or take, right? But they're also two or three wins away from being a mid, a mid first round pick and a playoff contender. It's a very weird. Dynamic the Saints and that whole South has at this point. I don't think Atlanta's going to oh, yeah. stick about. That whole but... division is just like, insane. I, think, well, I mean, I what's think, Cleveland? I, I mean, what Cleveland? I, I mean, Carolina doing because <laughs> of Baker Mayfield. Well, well, for what it is, I mean, I think this is a this has to be a bigger game than what we look. It sucks. They're both struggling, but this has to be a bigger game with implications for playoffs. Yeah, it's playoffs. This is serious. This is like, important. These two teams probably going to win the division and like, go to the playoffs. This is what three or four weeks after the bye week for the Saints, right? And that's three or four. Like, it's not like the it's not like the Bucks are lighting it up. No. They drew with what Cleveland, right? They're not. They're not over the. Oh, they, they lost to the Cleveland. Lost. So they lost to yeah, Cleveland. Not everyone with... ties in overtime, Dan. Hey, listen. <laughs> it feels like a very Tennessee thing to do. So whatever, you know, we did it. We we, we could cross that one off the list for the year. The Giants. We got a draw. Right. Yeah. It's the, the the Giants experience. It's the bingo hey, card full. Phil. Listen. Listen, you um, want to play an extra 15 minutes? Everyone got 15 minutes extra worth of value, I guess. But whatever. That's what I'm just saying, though. Like, this game feels like it should be bigger than what it is. And if I feel like Andy Dalton's the guy that's going to get them there, that's – I don't know. I'd feel – maybe I'm in World Cup soccer playoff mode where everything's do or die, but, like, I'd be going for the guy <laughs> that can throw up for 500 yards a game. That's just me. Why not? What's the worst thing that happens? You end up where you are already, the bottom of the south? Is that, uh, is that the end of the I world? think they might be taking a little bit of a page out of like the Trent Dilfer Ravens of the early 2000s, where it's like he led them to a Super Bowl and he all he had to do was just not get in the way of the defense. And Game you know, New Orleans has had a really good defense and they don't necessarily 
need somebody to go out there and score tons of points. They just need somebody to go out there and not kind of, you know, screw it all up, which Andy Dalton has done to varying degrees of success. So it's not like he's, you know, perfect at it, but he's definitely has at times been able to manage the game better than Jameis Winston has, at least historically speaking. So I think that's the thought process. And because they're so close, it's kind of like, well, it's been kind of working so far. So let's see if we can continue with it. So I don't know. The, those are kind of my thoughts. Uh, and well, I we, think we're going to get to the game tonight a little bit later, but uh, a little lot yeah. we talk about our props and what we were choosing, but yeah, let's get back to some injury talk quarterback Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah. Corey asked you how concerned he should be about his knee. All right. Well, that's a good question. Corey's got all the good questions today. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come back Corey. Cause uh, you're a rock star. Um, so they're reporting his knee injury as a mild sprain. So it sounds like he's got an injury to the ligaments and it occurred on a tackle. So there could be more to it. Like there could be a bone bruise associated with it. There could be something else there. So the good news is it's not season ending. And they already said that he's almost assuredly going to be out this week. And he's been labeled as week to week by coach Harbaugh, which is rarely good. So I think two to three weeks here is a conservative estimate. It could be longer. Um, the thing is Tyler Huntley is the backup and he's not Lamar Jackson, but he can run and he flashed in a few games as Lamar stand in last year. So don't overlook him. And he actually had a really efficient game against a pretty good defense where he kind of got thrown into the fire. Um, 27 completions out of 32 for 187 yards and 10 rushes for 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. So that's not, you know, Jalen hurts, but that's not nothing either. And that might be enough if you really, you know, your quarterback's hurt or, you know, you pick him up off the scrap heap, um, you know, he, he can get you some points. And he did the same thing last year. Like he was pretty decent uh, as a fill in until he got COVID. And then he was, uh, and then Tyler Huntley was out and I forget who the third stringer was, but then it all kind of fell apart. Um, but that's, that's where we are with Lamar. So, you know, I think kind of two to three weeks is a conservative estimate and they really have an eye to getting him back towards the end of the year. And depending on what they look like um, record wise, focusing on the playoffs uh, with him. So that's, you know, that's kind of the situation. Uh, so would Tyler Huntley be someone, say, if Corey, I don't know if you have fab uh, budget bidding in your league, but would, would that be someone in theory that you would just empty your, whatever your budget's left, you, you're maxing out, emptying the, the pocketbook to try and get him to as insurance for Lamar Jackson? Or do you think you can patch the quarterback position in, like without, with a less serious investment let's say. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to empty the empty, the clip as they say. Um, but you know me, and this is the time of year when it starts getting cold out and we start getting towards the playoffs where it's like, you're not shooting for upside anymore. You want healthy bodies. So you want insurance. So I definitely think it's worth something to go out and get players, get the backups for the players that are on your team, because you don't want to get left with empty pockets where you're scrambling to find somebody on waivers who's going to be starting for you and you don't know what you're going to get with that or if you even get them so the worst thing that you can have is going into a, a must-win game or a playoff game with kind of like an empty roster spot where you're throwing a backup in or you're throwing a fourth wide receiver in because you don't have any other better options so even though a player may not be of the highest skill set if he's going to get the opportunity to play and he's going to get the reps then I think he has value just on the basis of the insurance alone. I know this is something that we don't all agree on, but 
this is definitely what I gear towards because injuries happen and an injury at this point can derail an entire season. You can have a 13, you know, 12 and one team and you lose a couple of key players just for a couple of weeks. And because you lost them at the wrong time, you lose them in week two and three, nobody cares. doesn't matter. But because you lose them at the end of the year, that can knock you out of the playoffs and that can undo all of the good work and the hard work that you put in this year. So you want to try to avoid that as much as possible. So for comparison of Tyler Huntley, how about Brock Purdy, who now looks like he'll be the starting quarterback for the 49ers unless Baker Mayfield gets signed there because Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy, I don't know a whole lot about Brock Purdy. I know he looked pretty decent. I'm going to you know kick that over to you guys. If you know anything else about him, I know he was Mr. Irrelevant because he was the last pick in the draft. I learned that last night. So that's fun. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo, basically short story, broken foot. He's done for the year. Like that's it. So um, the 49ers, they win on defense. So it's kind of the same thing. I think he could be successful. Um, what are the chances that Trey Lance comes back? I don't, I don't know if it's zero. I think, um, you know, depending, uh, we may hear more about that. They haven't mentioned anything specific about that now, but I think there's a non-zero chance that he could actually be back for the playoffs. Well, that's, that would be the first I've heard anyone kind of reference that Dan (laughs) has thoughts. This is like, remember how Shanahan was at Washington when they rushed back to RJ three, right? Is that, am I, Oh, that was, it was his dad. Yeah, no, but Kyle was on that staff, though. I think oh, Dan's okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Just imagine, like, could they ruin two quarterbacks again? Could they do it? The shadow hands? Could they? Look, I, I think I think if, if he's healthy, if, if, like, if, if Trey Lance happens to come back healthy and get a playoff run, say San Fran can win, look, that playoff, that wild card slot for the NFC is – wild open to the point where the Packers are a chance now, right? Like yeah. this is this is real. Like Detroit are only two wins off the Giants. That's yeah. <laughs> it's it's wide open to the point where it's it's out there. So San Fran, what are they like eight wins? I think and so. They're on, yeah. And they're on top of their division, right? Mm-hmm. They're two wins away from probably being a wild card spot, which gets them into what January at this point. So if they can get to January and what they said it was a 12 to 13 week, 14 week recovery for Trey Lance. I'd be pretty close I, to that, yeah. I hope yep. they're not I hope that they're not dumb enough to put him in. I hope. I, I really do. But we were talking about Stafford before, and if they were in playoff contention, he'd probably still be playing, right? So NFL teams are a funny beast, and uh I'm not gonna pretend to know what they're thinking. I just just let the let, let the kid just let it go. It's so fun. maybe so I guess we're not so confident that Purdy starts the entire season, right? They, they picked they up adjust. they did pick up they did pick up Josh Johnson, which you know, he has his moments in the NFL. He's 13 years, 87 teams. He plays one game a year and he does all right for that one game. He can't get a gig, but he's good for one he's good for <laughs> is, one. Is game. that who was on the Ravens last year that replaced Yeah, Harden? yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and so, I think he also played for the Jets last year too. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure he did. Ooh, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Uh, Mike he played for a few teams up. last year, so he actually won me a playoff game last year. Him and Nick Foles, go figure. <laughs> uh, now you know what the Eagles feel like having Nick Foles win playoff games for you. Uh, but yeah, yeah so uh, so okay, so uh, assuming that both Purdy and Tyler Huntley are available for Corey, would you go with them or would you go with the already established starters? He's listing. 
Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson. I would say throw in Huntley, throw in Purdy there as well. Who should be the one, the player that Corey prioritizes to pick up? Gladys. Goff. At least for next week, he's playing at home against Minnesota. Goff is pretty spectacular at home compared to what he is on the road. Um, And if you get to the championship game, his week 17 fans championship game is at home. So So, if for whatever reason you need him there and Lamar Jackson's not back, that's also kind of an advantage there. Golf is going to be the guy I said to. Averages 257 yards a game at home compared to 220 on the road. Yeah, I I would go golf. I would go golf and a shout out to Hamid Sandu if you're watching. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. That's the biggest golf hater ever. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, golf number one. I, I, I think going further down the list, if, if Goff gets taken, I would consider Huntley um, just because of the running ability um, yeah. as number two. And then Mariota Pickett, you know. Well, the problem with Mariota is the bye week coming there. up. So right. I think you'll okay. get a quarterback Mariotta. this week. Mariota's almost the last one because you won't have him this week. There so, you go. Yeah. So I think, I think there's a good chance Mariota, Mariota gets replaced by Desmond Ritter too. So Yeah, there is that. Yeah. So yeah. So I think it's it's pretty easily golf. Hope you get golf, and if you don't, Go it back. probably doesn't make a difference who you get. Whether it's Wilson, Pickett, Huntley. To Doc's point, Huntley might be the guy that that's Huntley. best after golf. Like, yeah, Huntley is. Think, uh, to, yeah, to do pick, what you can to get golf. I to, think he he should be solid. To piggyback off what Gladys said, I I think I'd be looking at guys who are playoff contenders. Like okay, like Huntley's probably good for one week. So if you want to play him for one week, have at it. But like, if you're looking for like a multiple week thing, Mariota and the Falcons—they're in playoff contention. He's probably playing to the end of the year for me. Yeah, but you, you're missing—you're missing something with Huntley because he already has Lamar. So if Huntley's not no, playing, no, no, but that's what I'm Lamar saying. Is. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like for one week, Huntley would be a, an easy spot string for me. But like of the we, other guys, it might be. We, longer, we don't. We don't know that Lamar is going to just miss one week, right? Yeah, we don't know be... that. Like he could miss three weeks. Okay, but Goss has. In terms of Zero like always getting benched, imagine the same in terms for Pickett. Of, and, Pickett's the same. So I'd look at that like I mean, as long as it's Russell, right. Russell's been playing so awful at this point. What would they think? How, how bad can he play from the bench? Right? So that was not happening either. I say so. it again and like we laugh at it, but like, the, Lions, the Lions have the same amount of wins as the Falcons. So in terms of yeah. those wildcuff spots, like they're a chance. If they keep winning through, they win a few more games. Goff at least, and we said it before, like you hit week 16, 17, he has one or two friendly matchups in those playoffs. Like, Again, if you're looking for one week, I think Huntley's the guy. But after that, like you can stream those guys week after week for the best matchup, and you'll be right. So if you're willing to spend again, if it's fab bidding, spend up on Goff, and if you don't get him, Huntley for cheap makes sense too. Uh, and then if it's, so if it's, you, it's just one week, ba- yeah. Baker could get signed by the 49ers, or is that just? He's done. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. Why, why, why would you, like, <laughs> not give yeah. my point to that tool again. In theory, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's so? What's Baker's best skill set? Right, it's his quick, accurate throwing. TV in the short game, right? That's that's 49ers' <laughs> yeah. entire system, right? Like, so for a system for that'd be like made for Baker, this makes a lot of stop, sense. But stop, then stop. I guess it's a, re- a reunion with him and Christian McCaffrey, and I guess that stop. didn't go so well in Carolina. Right? So, la, 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 all right, so la, 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 okay, we're not talking about Baker Mayfield anymore. Let's not getting stuck, not getting sucked into that again. Not like if the Carolina Panthers, if the Carolina Panthers would prefer Sam Donald over you, you're done. It's finished. <laughs> Let him go. Mm, I wonder if Zach agreed. Wilson ends up on the Panthers. Uh, but anyway, Tua Tagovailoa, leg injury. Okay. Skylar Thompson so, came in late, but 
Yeah, so quickly, allegedly he could have returned. He had an ankle injury. He could have re- allegedly could have returned to the Week 13 game. So tentatively expected to play in Week 14. But we've heard this before. So watch the practice reports and make sure you have somebody else lined up just in case. We ran through a bunch of quarterbacks we just talked about. Um, and for what it's worth, you know, talking about backups, Teddy Bridgewater has been out since Week Six with a knee injury, and Skylar Thompson came in relief of Tua and threw one pass in week 13 for an interception. So that's not great. Um, so I definitely think you want to look elsewhere if he ends up not playing. Um, but that's, that's kind of the story with Tua. I'm pretty optimistic that he's going to, you know, barring some kind of setback or they're not telling us, you know, what is actually going on there. They're, they're lying about the fact that he could have come back in uh, or they almost, find something worse. I, I think almost more concerned about his teammate, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I am actually. Um, so with Waddle, uh, he had a leg injury and, you know, they said he was kind of, you know, he's injured. He's kind of limping around and he didn't look the same after he, you know, kind of came back into the game. So the details are still unclear. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see if he goes for imaging or if he's even able to practice and what we can infer from that to see like how bad this is. It could just be something where he just has a soft tissue bruise and he was in some pain in a couple of week, a couple of days. Um, he'll be fine. Uh, so it could be nothing, but it could also be something. And we're not going to know until we either see him practice or some more reports come out that he went for some imaging because he was still hurting and and what that shows. Um, for what it's worth, Trent Sherfield and Cedric Wilson could see more usage if he misses time. And they flashed in the past for the people that are relatively desperate at wide receiver. And it gets kind of desperate uh, at this time of year. You know, it's, it's like winner get in, you know, winner go home scenarios or, you know, injuries happen and, you know, benches get thin and, you know, these are the kind of guys that sometimes they step up and they just have that one week that puts you over. So, you know, that sure feels probably happen. the guy you're going to have to put a waiver claim in for, especially got the long touchdown, but frankly, he's been playing more snaps all season as the clear yeah. number three, but Cedric Wilson, to your credit doc, he's someone that probably clears waivers and later in the week you could pick up for free yeah, if you absolutely. can't get there. And Absolutely. maybe if you want to wait, you don't want to invest in Sherfield and you're, you're waiting it out with Waddle. And then later in the week, you find out Wilson might be available there. So Absolutely. I did want to touch on something really quick and then we sure. kind of rapid fire and get to the game. Yeah. So Joe Mixon with his concussion, you know, concussion gate continues. Um, but he's Thanks, still Dolphins. in he's still in the protocol now and he missed week 12 and week 13. So the thing that was interesting, I want to talk about it a little bit was Coach Taylor called his absence precautionary, um, suggesting that he was in close, and we can infer from that that he'll be available for Week 14. But here's the thing. I went back and did the work for all you guys because this is this is the work that I want to do to help the audience so you guys don't have to do this. I went back and actually got a copy of the NFL concussion protocol, the whole thing. It's like a 15-page document. And I read the whole thing this morning because I wanted to make sure that I was not – you know, making assumptions that I was speaking accurately about what the protocol is. And I've read it before. I wanted to make sure they didn't make any changes and they didn't. So here's the thing. The last step of the protocol is you need to practice in full without return or worsening of symptoms. Or you have to do, if the team doesn't practice, you have to do something that simulates a full contact practice and then be cleared by the team physician and an independent neurologist before you can return to play. So why am I talking about this? Because on Friday, he practiced in a limited fashion. So he was only on step four of the five-step concussion protocol. He never got to step five. 
as far as I know. So I think we can have inferred on Friday that he, because he didn't practice in full, that he wasn't going to play on Sunday. And nobody really talked about that until Sunday morning. So that was kind of on my radar. That happened with Stafford earlier in the year. And the same thing happened. But what I think is actionable for the fantasy players out there is if you have a player in concussion protocol and he does not get a full practice in on Friday, most teams don't practice on Saturday and they don't have full contact practices after that. So if a player only has a limited practice on Friday and he's in the concussion protocol, I think you can move forward with the assumption that he's not going to play on Sunday and, or, you know, not going to play that week. And that's what we saw here. And so we need I, that FP Joe Mixon. If this week we see that full practice, yeah, whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, as long as we yeah. see one of those, we can probably assume that he's played. So, but it's, yeah. and thinking, I guess is, would it be, would you be concerned though, if you saw that it was limited Wednesday and that he hadn't changed from Friday through Wednesday, would that be a concern for you? No, not necessarily. It's like okay. we, we have, you know, we have until Friday. So as long as, like you said, as long as he gets a full practice in, but again, this suggests that teams and doctors are going to be extra conservative with post-concussion evaluations this year, as we've seen, because now they know essentially their asses are on the line and everybody's looking. So they want to be above reproach. And I yeah, think thanks, in the past, Dalton. it might've been, you had cases where it was like, ah, oh, you know, he's close enough. All right, he's fine. Now, if you're not hundred percent cleared and people do not feel like they're above reproach, whether it's the team physician, the independent neurologist, the team, you know, personnel, the coaches, whatever, they're going to err on the side of caution and they're going to hold the player out an extra week. And that's what we saw. So that's something to carry forward because I think that's actionable. And that's something that, you know, until the climate in the NFL changes with regard to concussions, which maybe it's next year, they kind of, we forget about it. And, you know, it goes back to the way that it was kind of the wild West, but for they now we have concussions and we'll forget all about it. Yeah, exactly. But for now it's, it's the climate of the NFL. And until things change, I think you can carry that forward as a fantasy player. So hopefully that's useful to everybody. All right. So doc, hey, we're kick off the rapid fire with a couple of Jaguars players. Okay. So Trevor Lawrence, uh, had a leg injury hit late in the first half, was able to return in the second half and finish the game. So, you know, precaution MRI, MRI is pending. Um, let's just keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't show anything really bad. Uh, otherwise I think he's going to be okay going forward. So Wario meter wise on a scale of one to five, I'm, I have a two. Um, and then who's the other, uh, who's the other Jaguar you want to talk about? ETN midfoot sprain, but he's fine. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think he it's had, just uh, it's just a jammed ankle. Yeah. Right. Uh, he had 16 touches. I, I really think this was more game script than anything else. If, you know, we see he's not practicing or he's going for more imaging, then that would be worrisome. But in the absence of that, I wouldn't I wouldn't really worry about it too much. 16 touches is pretty healthy. Like, like yeah, if, if he had gotten single digit touches, maybe okay, they're there. He's he's hurt, but not hurt enough to not play, but still limiting touches. But, uh, you know, 16 touches, that seems pretty full compliment. Like you said, they were down by so much that you had to kind of abandon the run game portion of it. And, uh, but yeah, sorry, I'll let you. It's rapid fire. I shouldn't be talking. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's good. Um, so. Speaking of increased touches, we have a DeAndre Swift sighting, finally. So he got 18 touches. I know, hallelujah. Kyle, you were right. I I definitely was not optimistic that this was going to happen, but for whatever reason, they, they took the governor off, and he had 18 touches in Week 12 after having 10 in Week 8, 5 in Week 9, 7 in Week 10, and 8 in Week 11. So now 18 touches uh, – or, sorry, Week 13. Um 
So 18 touches this past week, 14 carries, 62 yards and a touchdown, and then six targets, four receptions and 49 yards. So that works. I think if you had him, you were playing him anyway because he was still PPR viable. Um, he was getting catches. He was getting some touchdowns. Um, so it's good to see the usage increase. The only caution that I will put out there is he's still at risk of re-injury and shutdown down the stretch. But if you've been riding with him for this long and you haven't gotten off the train, then I think you just got to ride the DeAndre Swift train until the wheels fall off, whether that be next week or week 18. <laughs> um, so Traylon Burks, Tennessee, concussion. We know the deal. He's in the protocol. Smart Money says he misses week 14, and then it's week to week after that. Mike Williams, uh, re-aggravation of his high ankle sprain for a couple of weeks ago. He's now missed weeks 12 and 13. So let's just see if he can practice this week. This absence could be longer if he did more damage or the joint is unstable. Worst case scenario, could be looking at tightrope surgery like Cup, like Cooper Cup and, and Michael Thomas either this year or after the season is over. So it still remains to be seen on that. Um, let's see if he can practice first and, and get anywhere close to playing. It looks like he hasn't been close the past two weeks. So let's see how close he actually gets. David Bell of Cleveland, hand injury. No details at this point. If it's a bruise or a sprain, probably won't cost him more than a week. If if that, um, a break could cost him three to six weeks, depending on where it is. So just be on the lookout for updates with that. Chase Claypool, uh, Gladys's old buddy, uh, was able to return to the game uh, after his knee injury. So it could be nothing. Just monitor, watch practice reports on that. Not really too scared about that, but you know, just make sure nothing crops up. Uh, when, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, things like that. Quez Watkins, shoulder injury, AC joint sprain. So he's getting an MRI to assess the severity. This, like most AC joint injuries, is really being downplayed. But we've already seen with players like DeAndre Swift that these can really linger, even if it's just a grade one. I would not be surprised if he was missed this week and possibly longer. If you hear that it's a grade two injury, be prepared for a longer absence. Cortland Sutton, speaking of longer absences, hamstring injury, MRI pending. They're already worried that he he could miss multiple games. So that suggests a grade two partial tear of his hamstring. And that he's done. Could last Let's put him out of our misery. Now we don't have to play he's him done. anymore. So yeah, I think this could I, I think there's a chance this could be it for 2023. I, I think I think there's a decent chance that could be the case. So just be on the lookout for updates with that on the worryometer meter on a scale of one to five. I got him at a three and a half. So and it could he may not it, have it, the upside in that and offense. He's going, even he's, you worry he's Frost, perilously right? getting close to a four. Like Doc, um, you're fine just cutting Sutton in a in a redraft league. I'm fine cutting oh. at this point. Like what what are we holding on to? Close to cutting him in a dynasty league. My God, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. But, I wouldn't, but uh, like God damn it, I'm close. But yeah, I, I get I get the pull, but I definitely would cut him in a redraft league for sure. And then uh, rounding out the uh, the injuries, uh, Aaron Jones. Sorry. Aaron Jones, right. Uh, so he, let's see, what did he have? He had shin. a uh, he had a shin injury, and I think that kind of opened the door for um, for AJ Dillon, Dillon to get yeah. some more play. Um, so definitely like what I see there. Not really sure what's going on with that. You know, just basically, you know, watch price reports, look for updates on that. You know, don't really know the severity of it at this point. And then Hayden Hurst. Um, so this one, he's already doubt he had a calf injury, already doubtful for week 14. So a grade one injury could cost him one to three weeks. A grade two injury or a partial tear could knock him out for the rest of the regular season. So I think the fact that they've already kind of ruled him as doubtful is worrisome. If it goes beyond that and he's not able to practice after week 14, then I think we really need to be worried that he could have a more uh, significant injury like a partial tear 
And then we could be looking at a multi-week absence after that. So that's kind of the story with that. Did I miss anybody? Nope, that's all we got. And see. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Uh, Now we get to the, uh, I guess it's the main event, although I think all of us think that was the main event actually hearing Doc talk about other injuries. But yes, Buccaneers Saints. Uh, I think I didn't update this. It's supposed to be three and a half, but the Tampa Buccaneers are three and a half point favorites, 40 and a half higher over under or higher lower over under however you say it uh between the saints and buccaneers and all these lines courtesy of underdog and if you sign up for underdog today use the promo code gf2 capital g capital f the digit two just kind of like on the hat here uh so uh underdog.com join up uh you can make some of the prop pets bets we'll talk about you can make some of the the game picks as well uh and uh yeah uh, for the rest of the nfl season and again sign up the promo code GF2. And if you use the, our promo code, you will get a double deposit match of up to $100. So whatever you put in, Underdog will double your, your deposit and you'll have access to double your, the money that you put in. But again, you have to use the promo code GF2. Hats available at goingfor2.com slash store, by the way, for all the goingfor2.com appeal. The uh, touchdown vulture shirt, which we'll get to in a sec, specifically with Doc's prop. Not that it was a touchdown prop, but uh, yeah. Uh, so the first thing, three out of the four of us are taking the Saints and lower here. Um, so Gladys, Doc, and I all agree on that. So Dan, you'll be the rebel and you can kind of defend your, your take on going the exact opposite of the Buccaneers, uh, as three and a half point favorites and higher. Well, we, we mentioned this last week when two bad teams t- tend to go at each other, one of two things happen, nothing or everything. And I'm banking on the loss of Lattimore by opening up that pass. It just, it opens up a lot. I know it shouldn't, but it does. It's just, I, I kind of feel like this is that game where I don't want to say it, but I think Tampa might go on a bit of march after this. I think they're going to go on a bit of a run. I think I think they think they're close, which is scary because they're they're like the Broncos. They're like one win better than Denver, which no one wants to talk about. But that's neither here or there. I just I kind of feel like at home, I'd feel a little bit different about this if it was in New Orleans. But I think Tampa at home, and they almost feel like outside of their O-line, which got hammered at the start of the year, I feel feel like they're close to getting back to where they might need to be in terms of a full accomplishment. Evans is right. Godwin is right. The running backs are firing. Julio and Gage are back. They seem to be there. It's just if they can put it all together. Um, minus three. Well, obviously, we put this together earlier today. Minus three. I thought, okay, can they win by four? Can they get to... You know, 40, 40, I look at it 41. Can it get to 21, 20? Okay, it can. Can they get the 24? You know, can they get the 24, 18, give or take 22, 18? Yeah, probably. Can they get to that point? I don't think the Saints look as bad as what people don't give them credit for. I think they look, they have their moments, but I don't think they're that horrible. Uh, so I think, I think they're a chance to at least keep up with the Bucks and. I don't know. I think 41 is the least of my concern. That three bothers me. Three and a half would have me thinking differently, but three, I think they can get away with it. At home, I think they can get away with it. All right. So um, do we want to talk props now, I guess? Uh, so yeah, I'm wearing my touchdown vulture shirt for the touchdown vulture, Taysom Hill. And I, I think last time we didn't actually have props for him, but uh, Doc, you took the swing on, on Taysom Hill. I had to. I had to for, for Dan. This one's for you, Dan. And uh, I, I honestly, I think that 
the Buccaneers are going to win the game. I just think it's going to be close. So, you know, given the opportunity to kind of win it two ways, that's why I ended up going with New Orleans. But I, I don't I don't think that I, I really like New Orleans in the game. I think Tampa Bay is going to find a way to win. I just think it's going to be close. Um, but the Taysom Hill prop, the one thing I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the last time we we went against the Saints on Monday night, they had an Andy Dalton interception prop bet, which just seemed like free money. And they didn't have it this time because <laughs> I was going to go back to the well, but they didn't have Andy Dalton uh, interception prop. So um, so I went, I, I saw Taysom Hill there and I was like, this one's for Discord, Dan. I got I to gotta take Taysom Hill and the over uh, or the Hoya on the uh, running rushing yards of whatever it was, 23.5 or something. Just give me a long run, Taysom, and get, get me home. All right. So who wants to go next? You know, you know there were tornadoes in New Orleans this week. <laughs> No, my brother was there for work. He actually he went to New Orleans for work. Turns out it wasn't a tornado. It was just Taysom Hill practicing five yard outright passes. He just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Shot put it like Cody Fajardo. Trash bags flying everywhere. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So you'd think the kicker will be more accurate than Taysom Hill. Well, certainly there was, there, was, there, was, there was some stupid stat at the start of the year where the same amount of pass attempts as like Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, and someone else. It was like one. So, <laughs> hey, he's a quarterback. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Gladys, you're going with the kicker, Will Lutz. Uh, higher than one and a half field goals made. Yes. I think this is going to be a field goal heavy game. Uh, Dennis Allen has had Tom Brady's number. The first time Tom Brady's beaten him was this year. Um, I might have changed a little bit had I known Marshawn Lattimore's out, but Evans hasn't had a touchdown since week seven, so I'm not really that concerned about him. Him and Brady have wow. this week seven. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, wow. He's he's just not. I mean, Chris Godwin's the way to go if you're going for and Rashad White, I think. But I think that I think Let's going to be kicking a lot. Because it's primetime Andy Dalton, which is like primetime Kirk Cousins, and it's not a pretty. Which is why Doc wanted to go with the interception. But to your point, Glass, <laughs> you're again, you're taking the the lower, so that kind of kind of correlates. I take that, the lower, right? the higher. I thought you took the lower. Well, what, what are you taking then? Like, I guess you I can still I change. Took the higher. It. Oh, you did take the higher. Wow. Yeah. Okay. My mistake. But I took the lower on the on the forty and a half. Higher on the 40 and a half. Okay. All right. No, I took no. the lower on the 40 and a half. Higher oh. on Will Lutz, 1.5 field. Well, that's goals. what I'm saying. You lower took the, I, the, I meant, the sorry. I, I meant you you took the lower on the game, meaning like less touchdowns, more field goals. So right. that, like it correlates to if you're going to go with the, the kicker doing better, it's because you don't think touchdowns will be scored. And that makes sense going with the lower on the game total. I should have okay. said the word game total. Good save. Good save. <laughs> you got you to gotta use words, folks, if you want to communicate. But it's funny. You, you don't like Mike Evans for a touchdown, but the prop here is – Five re- uh, receptions. And Dan, this will be three weeks in a row where you go with a reception prop line. You guys, You're hoping it goes better this time, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you, listen, <laughs> Najee Harris has one catch and he gets hurt on that catch. It's not really – it was in the first quarter. It was early in the first quarter. I was looking pretty Should've good. Should have gone to Jonathan Taylor rivals. After, listen, good night, got, Corey. Let me tell you something. I got stung at Jonathan Taylor when he had 86 yards. I had him at 86 and a half in a parlay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I had him on my show to the, the you know, really picking Friday night eight, at seven o'clock every Friday. Doesn't matter about that. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And uh, it's before the armchair finishing DFS show. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I had him at 86 and a half and I was watching with you. I'm like, yeah, great. Kyle's got this as well. Like we both had, we're both on him at over 86 and a half. And like the last play, it's like negative one and he had the fumble in the, at half time. I'm like, like, or I guess for me it was one and a half yards. I went with the thirteen and a half receiving yards he hit. Oh 12. right, I had him. I had him at uh, eighty six and a half rush yards. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And he did like eighty six. I'm like, which <laughs> if I had taken the Taylor rivals over Najee would have been enough much. to hit. So that's what makes me upset. Much. Is I, I had him. I, I got hammered. I was right about Matt Ryan. I was. I'm going to say I was right about Jonathan Taylor, but Kyle, Kyle, what's his name? Pittman. Michael, Michael Pittman, Pittman killed, killed me. It's like, oh, it was so close, but no. So as soon as Ladder was, as soon as he was announced out, I just figured Mike Evans might have to actually play tonight. That's <laughs> exactly like, what not, I was about to say. Normally he's like, yeah. it's the worst. I, I said it on Friday. It's the worst game of the year for me because like they just don't give a shit about playing. They just want to beat the life out of each other. Like as soon as like they just they're joining they're joining joining off at each other before a game, and then like five minutes in. I went they, back they just, they I just looked, don't care. They just don't care. It's like I look back at like their game logs together, and terrible. I'm pretty sure the terrible. Marshawn Lattimore's rookie season, their first meeting, Evans it's was suspended the next game, or he was inactive the next game. I'm pretty sure it was a suspension. So this whole thing started right from day one with them. So it's the, been there. So it makes sense to kind of pivot to that now that we know what game been, that Lattimore is inactive. It is the worst rivalry. It's going to be great on ESPN in like 20 years. Yeah, that'll be a 60 for 60 or 30 for 30. It is the worst. It it would be frustrating as all hell to have either of these in an IDP or regular whatever. You'd be looking at Mike Evans going, okay, I need 15 points to win. And you're like, Marshall and Lattimore, you'd be like, shit. Like, (laughs) it would be the end of everything that you'd hope for. So, look, as soon as Lattimore was out, I was like, okay, he's going to be free. He's going to be a part of this. And at plus five, it doesn't seem like the worst option going about. So we'll take it. We'll go up plus five. Receptions. five. And yeah, then... six, six doesn't seem too bad, I think, especially with Fournette coming back in. I think I think he'll be a lot easier to get a little bit more work going about. I guess the bad news for Dan is Evans has only hit over five receptions once this year. So Yeah. Yeah, I know. But... Yeah. But it's we'll okay. See. Like I'll you said, it. you think Tampa's kind of turned a corner. And uh, anyway, so... I'm not going to repeat my mistakes from last week. I'm going with the rivals this week. I've both times I've debated doing it. I've chickened out and it cost me because I would have had it with the rivals pick and I blew it on the regular prop. So I'm going with the rivals this week. Which Chris rival do I want though? We've got Chris Godwin minus 30 and a half <laughs> receiving yards against Jarvis Landry. That's one that really stood out to me right away. Uh, there's also Chris Olave and Mike Evans, even for yards. But now that Lattimore's out, I kind of I don't want to go with that one. And then the other one was Chris Olave versus Chris Godwin. So I was going to either take Chris Godwin or Chris Olave. And in this last one, I didn't know which one to take. It's uh, Olave at plus six and a half receiving yards, which I actually is tempting against Godwin now that Lattimore's out. But I think I'm ultimately going to go. Yo, with you got like 30 seconds for the game. Godwin started. versus Landry, 30 and a half receiving yards. Just because Landry has done awful this year, uh, he's his over his higher lower for underdog is. 39 and a half uh, and he's hit that once this year so if and like that's kind of if they if that's the line they expect for Landry and they expect Godwin 30 more it's tough for Landry to even get to that so that's my thinking there of going Godwin minus 30 and a half receiving yards versus 
Whose face is he trying Magic. to read? Whose face is he trying to read? Make a Hang pick, on. Kyle. Make a pick. Make a pick. I just, I just did. It's, it's gone. Yeah, I heard it. There we it's, go. it's been in the spreadsheet. Also, if you guys look at the, at the spreadsheet I share, it's been in the spreadsheet for like the last all it 10 minutes. Was, so. all, it, all it said was rivals. I was like, he's going to do it again. Yeah, so what, what did you end up going with, Kyle? Godwin. Godwin versus Olave. No, versus Landry. Uh, Godwin versus Landry, yeah, and they're even. Minus, or what? No, it's minus thirty and a half receiving yards. So Godwin has to score more than thirty-one more yards than Landry. That's not bad. Landry's right. been half. And Landry's that's me just betting against Landry more than anything because he hasn't been. Why don't you tell him what the standings are, Kyle? Since you were talking about it. Well, it's funny because <laughs> now that now that it's the bets are locked in, it's too late to take back anything we've said. We had our worst week collectively last oh, last we week. We were terrible. We week, as, we as a group, we three for twelve. <laughs> Which, to be fair, to be fair, I'm the most responsible for because I went 0 for 3. At least all of you got one thing right, so I'm the most responsible. I will take blame for that. Uh, but yeah, wait, what? We went collectively what? Three for 12. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Gladys and I Doc went... both got the Steelers at uh, two and a half point underdogs, and then Dan oh, yeah. was the only one who went higher. So yeah, right. that, those were the three correct picks last week. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. What about uh, Pickens? Nope, he had three catches. He went over on receiving yards, but he didn't get over on catches. Yeah, we got to look at that because I thought it was receiving yards, not catches. I don't, I don't believe I, I, I went uh, receptions. I think I went okay. receiving yards. And, and I remember t- saying that on the show. I thought the receiving yards were the better play. So if you did do that, you would have got that. So, but still, four out of twelve is still probably pretty bad for us. Uh, so yeah, so let's hope to do better this way. time. But yeah, so the standings: Doc still leading, 24, 12, and three. Dan's 21, 14, and 4. So, uh, you know, still has some time, a few weeks left to catch up to beat Doc. But so far, Doc kind of stayed top. Wait, did you ding me for for Pickens? Like, well, yeah, it might be 25, 11, and 3 if you did take receiving yards. We'll have to look back in the chat. He's a hustler. I'll give you that. I, I, wait, wait did, I, did, did I think I was wrong? Did he take receptions? Well, I mean, it, it's the beauty of the internet is is that it's out there. It's like that's the way I remember it. I guess I couldn't well, be wrong. But. I'm I'm pretty sure we said receptions on air because you weren't here, but you may have written it differently and we read it wrong. So if we went back uh, to the video, it wouldn't necessarily confirm anything. All right. Well, it'll so, be it'll be in the chat, but we'll yeah we'll yeah get, we'll, we'll uh, go back in the chat. We'll figure we'll it out. Either way, Doc's still at the top, whether it's by three or by four points. Um, probably gonna kick all our butts this year. I'm at 18, 18, and three, so I'm right at 500. So even though I went 0 and three last week, I dropped to 500. Gladys, you're two behind me at 16, 20, and three. So, uh, yeah, I could, uh, I could definitely blow it, and, and you could pass me, and I'll finish last. So let's go, Gladys, catch up. <laughs> yeah. Because um. <laughs> this is the week where I take the rivals, and it doesn't come true, knowing knowing my luck. I, I just, it's a good rivals pick to be fair. I looked at Landry before. I was like, he's been doing nothing. <laughs> so I, I almost thought like Landry just <laughs> under on his thirty nine and a half also was a was an interesting pick. That it's worth a shout. He's been going Godwin. nowhere. He's been good for him. He, he's out on the pitch end, but anyway. So the game has started. Uh, so we can head out of here. Unless you I mean you can all keep ripping on me if you want. That's that's always fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. uh, right right now. I'm screenshotting the proof that I took Pickens receiving. <laughs> so I don't know. This this whole thing is shaping up to have like the trustworthiness of a Colorado uh, House of Representatives election. So yeah. this is a, there, we got we got a lot we got we got scandal brewing here and uh, going for two. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. find out the thrilling conclusion. Uh, not not conclusion actually. Find out the thrilling uh, next time this 
Eh, I don't know. I blew that. Um, <laughs> let's go with the regular outro. So uh, you can follow us along on Twitter at going for underscore two for everything going for two related. Also going for two live to get all the great live shows. Uh, there's shows literally every day of the week uh, on the network. Uh, Dan already mentioned uh, his Friday is one of the doubleheader days. Uh, he's got the his B-League B- Pick'ems, followed by the Jeff's DFS armchair chair show. Tomorrow will be another doubleheader day. you got Speak On It, and you've got uh, the Fantasy Cheat Sheet on Tuesday Tuesdays. Saturday night's another doubleheader. Uh, Saturday night, uh, Di- Dynasty Saturday night, followed by the Cover Zero IDP show. And then you've got at least one live show every other day of the week. So, uh, yeah, tune in next week. We'll all be here. And, of course, you can follow us all on Twitter. The Doc is at TFS Doc, which stands for The Fantasy Sports Doc, author of our favorite book. Injuries suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll cover that. Hang on. I got you, Gladys. You covered it? Yeah. Well, 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 yeah, the the logo was covering it, but now you can see it. There we go. There we go. Dan, I can't tell if you're raising your hand or just pointing at the books. I think you were pointing at the books, right? Both. Okay. But you're also at the B-League Says on Twitter. Yes. Discord Dan, Promo Pimp, Jetlag John, uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> uh, did I miss anything? No. Discord Dan? Yeah, I don't know. It's Dan. Sorry, Australia lost. At least it wasn't 4 I... At least, At least it wasn't Korea giving up four goals <laughs> I... in the first 30 minutes. Hey, listen. No, that game sucked. We, we nearly pulled one. <laughs> we nearly had That's Argentina. That's true. It was close. Yeah, that, listen, yeah. We nearly had Argentina. We, we when... did. Listen, we're going to lose a World Cup. That's fine. We lost to France and Argentina. It's okay. No shame in that. Not none. None. You're going to lose to Messi and Mbappe? It's all right. We're good. We did all right. We did Portugal okay. plays tomorrow. Let's go Portugal. Um, but yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, got Canada's out. I got nothing else to cheer for. So. I want an upset. <laughs> we, need a, we need an upset, though. Like, yeah, Morocco we did. Tell us. South, it was this, uh, Morocco. So who's playing us tomorrow? Portugal, Morocco. Spain is the other one. Yeah, Morocco, Portugal, Spain, Spain and Switzerland. Or no, Morocco, Switzerland, Portugal. Uh, like, come on, give us some Morocco. Morocco, give us Spain, something. Portugal. Give us something. We need some upsets. Like Australia was close. USA were very close. Japan was close. Right. Japan was yeah. close. How do you send your set? Why are you sending your center backs out there to take penalties? Why? <laughs> you've, got, you've got strikers. They're paid to score goals. Why are they taking penalties? This is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. Why? Well, and... If you're paid the, the, to take, okay, here's listen, the it's the easiest, it's the easiest shot. It's the easiest shot on goal you have all game. It's a dead ball, and the keeper has to guess. There's no defenders. It's still. I'm sorry. I'm a soccer guy. I should preface this over everything else in the world. I'm a soccer guy. Dan used to play so, like, soccer. He, all of that, he, like he, he, he the, the idea, the idea that like a dead ball should be given to a center back in the most important part of your game at a World Cup is the most frustrating fucking thing. Part of my language I've ever seen. You have yeah, strikers like paid fifty thousand pound a week that aren't stepping up to the plate to take a shot. Are you fucking mad? Like this is the World Cup. Like send the guy out there paid to score goals to score one for you. If eleven yards out in front of a keeper that can't come off his line, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So, so Dan, not having forwards go first. You sound like you're on the fence about it. No, listen, <laughs> I, I'm a former penalty taker. I used to be a striker, but as I got older, I worked my back, way back down. But look, these guys have been playing their positions for their whole life. This is how it is. My Yoshida is a centre-back for Japan, played at Southampton. He's a centre-back there. Worked his way through England. I think he's in Germany. It doesn't matter. He's a fucking centre-back. There's no way in hell that that guy should be taking a penalty in your most important game of the year 
in sudden death penalties because you already missed two. You're not sending a centre back out there. Send your striking, your winger, attacking midfielder. Anyone else that's paid to score goals, not the guy that's designed to stop them. It's the dumbest thing ever. For everybody that had 821 as to when the, the stream went completely off the rails, you win. The- I, had money. We, I, had money. I thought we started off the rails, to be fair. <sighs> we did. But, Sorry, uh, but it's just one of those yeah. things. Like, if you see a penalty shootout at the World Cup again, and they start sending centre-backs out there, I get it. England could go to one. Trent Alexander-Arnold is a free-kick specialist set-piece taker. I understand. Not a goal scorer that has six or seven shots on goal, goal a game. It's wild to think that guys like that who have random shots on goal every other week are the guys that you're sending out there to take them at the most important time of the year. Dumb. Dumb. And I'm, I'm a big fan of catharsis. So I, I, I think I think we all feel better. Uh, Dan, I hope you feel better after that. Well, it, his rant was so long, it gave me time to go back in the chat and actually confirm that Doc did say wreck yards. Thank now, you. he put wreck in capital and yards in minuscule. I think that's maybe what tricked me. So I will take the blame again. Just like I'll take the blame for going 0-3 last week. So my apologies. Doc's updated ra- rankings in the standings are 25, 11, and 3. So he's four ahead of Dan. So, Dan, you really got to catch up if you don't want Doc to run away with it. I'm just used to what I get fined. Okay. <laughs> bye, guys. Yeah, bye. bye guys. Gladys L. Tyler on Twitter. I uh, won't hold you any longer. I'm at Center Says. And this was the two-point conversion Monday night pregame show. Gladys, do you want to say anything to end? Or is it bye, guys? Get out of here. Stop talking. Bye, guys. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week to talk some more here on the Going For Two Live Network. Bye for now.